Hello, how are you? Tired. That's how I am. <laughs> I feel like I haven't had a moment to myself in like 100 years. Oh no. <laughs> That's how I am. This is like preparing you for motherhood. A little bit. A little bit. Wow. But it's not like my work. It's just because last weekend I came back from Jacksonville. Yeah. And then didn't take a day off. So, like, I went to school, like, 8 to 5 every day for, like, 5 days. Mm-hmm. And then went to work and worked, like, 8 to 5 again. And then uh-huh. just never stopped. Uh, so, I didn't have, like, a day off for, like, a week and a half. That's not great. Because I went to school on the weekend. Right. <laughs> so. How was it, though? It was good. So, Tiffany knows this. I'm not, like, mm, I never thought I was an extrovert, really. More of an introvert. Yeah. The class we went to, we sat in a big circle. That's, oh, how we, no. that's how we did our class, and we checked in with ourselves, and we had to get up in the middle of the class and like come up with like role playing like sentences and stuff. <laughs> Tiffany's struggling with her mic. They're just they're facing the wrong way this weekend, and so I'm struggling. So yes, I'll, I'll get with the program in a minute. Mm-hmm. Continue. Um, yeah, no. So day one we started this, but somehow by day five I was like, oh my god, am I an extrovert? Do I like this? Uh-huh. <laughs> like I don't understand what's happening. It's so, like we sat in a circle and like we shared like how we were, like how we like take care of ourselves and like really got to know each other like in a way that the other classes didn't. Yeah. Like our class, we took a picture together after Aww. everything because like we were so bonded. Yeah. We wouldn't have like Zoom meetings and stuff so mm-hmm. we could still see each other. Yeah, but like the end of the five days, I was willing to like participate freely in the open discussion and like. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so now it's just, like, the circle thing. Like, I was, yeah. like, I, like, I told Alex when I got back, I was, like, every party, we're just going to sit in a circle, I think. It's just, <laughs> it's just this it's this shape. <laughs> right. Circle of trust. Pretty much, yeah. Like, we shared what our addictions are. Oh, shit. Yeah. What would you say your addiction is? Shitty TV. Okay, what, what's your passion? Creating things. <laughs> All the things. Just things in general. I said my addiction was buying books that I never read. Yes. <laughs> um, or just, like, spending money in general. Uh-huh. Um, but I said I was passionate about, like, the horror genre. Okay. I didn't want to go into the crime part because I was like, we don't need to dive into that yet. This is a lot to unpack. But by day five, were you like, let me tell you. Oh, but, like, day one, I was like, yeah, I have a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But that was only, like, that was in small groups. That wasn't, like, for the yes, big group. that wasn't for the whole circle. Yes, exactly. It was for smaller circles. Yes. All right. So um, if you ever want to get to know people, just sit in a circle and talk about intimate details of your life. <laughs> <laughs> That's chill. So, yeah, like, I – um. We shared, like, what groups were part of, like, as far as, like, ethnicity and, like, mm-hmm. other things, but also just, like, other things you can put yourself in a group. And so I was, like, oh, this is really difficult. But then I realized, like, I'm, like, an adult child of divorce, which mm-hmm. is, like, a group of people. Also, yeah. like, the, like, addiction that runs in my family, like, that puts me in a group. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, well, I'm going to share these things because, like, they're things. Well, then I also shared that I was bisexual because yeah. that is also something that makes me a part of a group. Yeah. And I also was, like, I, I consider myself this, but I don't consider myself part of the community because right. I'm in a heterosexual relationship. Yeah. And the class, like, broke out in a conversation about sexuality and how it's fluid or not fluid. And I was, like, I just was, like, I was just doing the assignment, people. I was not – I don't yeah. need any – just we're good. Right. So that was fun. Sounds fun. Like I said, our group got very attached very quickly. Nothing wrong with that. It was like a therapy session. It's like I went to therapy for, like, five days. You went to – Went School to group therapy. for therapy, but actually got therapy. Well, when you put a bunch of counselors like, yeah. in a room, like, what are you going to get, really? It's true. Especially it's a fair when point. Especially when, like, students are like, because it was another student that was like, name your addiction after you name everything else. But then halfway through, people were like, well, I don't have an addiction. What about passions? Mm-hmm. And then we had a conversation like, well, what's the difference between an addiction or a passion? Yeah. I don't know. It was a lot. And I was like, yeah, this is this is a lot of like-minded people. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's awesome, though. It was really awesome, but I am, like, super drained from it still, and yeah. I don't know what my grade is yet. I had to role Great. play for therapy for, like, my video is 42 minutes long. Fuck. I'm just going through, like, informed consent. All the shit you fill out, like, yeah. on your own time, not mm-hmm. with a person. We did that. And I was like, you fill this out yourself. Like, I've been to therapy. I know how this works. All right. <laughs> I know what this says. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Sounds beneficial. Very. It's just 
sounds very healthy also. Yeah, it definitely, like, uh, I didn't realize how good I was at, like, like, just naturally some of the counseling things that yeah. people do. Then I was like, oh, I actually, like, could do this for yeah. a living. Like, I, I understand I'm not now. deluding myself. <laughs> yeah. I've actually... I have potential in this field. Yeah, well, like, for a quick example, we were doing something after a girl had a tough, like, question thrown at her. So, like, our professor was up and giving us, like, a really tough, like, how do you respond to this? And for her, it was, like, uh, his grandmother was having sex with him and, like, raping him. And no one else had it that tough. Mm -hmm. And she was, like, walked out of the room. And then we had, like, another, like, small role-playing session. And she just couldn't focus and, like... I wasn't even like role playing anymore. It was just like naturally like, oh, you have to you have to be able to do this or whatever. And I was right. like, yeah. So I was like, oh, look at that. Like it just came natural. You just did it. <laughs> yeah. So it was really nice. Sounds good. It's tiring. Yeah. So um how have you been? <laughs> <laughs> Fine, just busy. Yeah. I got like a super duty uh instant pot. Ooh. Yes. What does that even mean? It's like this fucking thing is like ten quarts. You can fit Ooh, okay. four racks of ribs in it. That's at nice. a time. I don't know why you need something that big, but I like it. Well, Ian's mom bought it for us. She bought oh, okay. it for him for a birthday gift, mm-hmm. and she was like, "I don't know, this might be a lame birthday gift." And he was like, "No, Tiffany's gonna be so excited." And she was like, "But it's not Tiffany's birthday." And he was like, "Yeah, but she cooks me things. This is true. And so if it makes her happy, she'll feed me." And then I'll be super happy. That is true also. Oh, now you can make that really easy pasta sauce. I know. (laughs) I already, like, I made this really delicious pasta dish. I made Tuscan chicken pasta in it the other night. very easy. It was so easy last night. Sauce never breaks. I made broccoli beef. (laughs) came out real salty, though. Mm. But I followed the recipe exactly, so I'm not taking the hit for that one. That was the recipe's fault. That's fair. Um, But, yeah, it's been really good. Um, We uh, we either... Talking about buying a house now. Again. Yep. And, uh, but we went and looked at a house today. Yeah. To potentially buy. We are not buying that house. It had a murder room. It did. Like, when you walked in the house, it was like, oh, here's, this is a totally normal, like, entryway slash living room. But it looked like they had converted their garage into, like, a den. Mm -hmm. So you walked in and, like, all the walls were, like, this brown paneling. And on the back wall, there was, like, this like rattan shade and so the woman who was showing us the house was like oh let's open this up and get some natural light in there and she starts opening it up okay and there's a door no (laughs) behind the shade what no and the door has like one of those old-timey like looking locks like the with a keyhole that's actually shaped like a key like like a skeleton key yeah yeah and then there's a deadbolt at the top that's on the outside. Bolted. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, I was like, all right, so serial killers used to live here. Like, there's definitely a dead body behind this door. Or there's something. Like, Why doesn't that person know there's a door behind those shades? So, <laughs> we're like, okay, we're going to just open it up. Like, do we walk away or do we open it? And I was like, we got to open that shit. You want to unleash whatever evil well, like, inside. Like, I want to know. Well, I want to know. If I'm looking at buying this house, I want to know what's in the fucking murder closet before I buy it. Pro tip, we don't know what's in the murder closet. Because we unbolted the door. Is it still locked? And Ian was trying to open it. And there was a nail at the bottom of the door that was, like, nailed in so that the door could not be opened. Mm. So, I was like, we're not buying this house. Yeah. It's best that you kept that evil in there. Yeah. I immediately felt like that woman from that Twitter thread who's like, we went to buy a house. or (laughs) We went to look at rental properties, and they were taking me in with all these great things. The great thing about this house was, like, the backyard for our dogs. But the murder room really sealed the deal of us not putting an offer on that one yeah that makes sense yeah it felt reasonable to me so all in all good experience saw murder room didn't get to see inside of it saw murder room door learned a lot about house shopping that's all very important productive day i'd say i agree ready to take a break yeah let's take a quick break all right real quick (laughs) 
that ice cube would like to stay on that straw, please. All right. It is time. Let's do it. Episode 19. Which is wild that we're already at episode 19. 20 I feel weeks like, really flies by. <laughs> I feel like we just started recording, too. Like, and I know we didn't. We did not. We, we've covered so many seasons, I feel like, of our lives. It's just, just you know what? It's all <laughs> blending in. It really bleeds together. I like, though, going back and listening to episodes from, like, the beginning of the season. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that did happen. Right? Because huh. <laughs> it's little things, especially now that we do, like, the weekly verdicts. I'm like, oh, yeah. that I did care about that for the yeah. brief, briefest of moments. <laughs> I was real excited about that. Listen, my weekly verdict for this week, it's going to be important to me for a very long time. That's fantastic. Yes. I'm glad you could hold on to that. I'm excited. Uh, right now, um, what's our topic for this episode? Our topic is very broad this week. It is international cases. Mm -hmm. So we just had to pick a case that was not necessarily a murdery case, but it could be uh, just based on somewhere that's not America. We don't even come back to America at the end. We don't. We just stay overseas. Well, who are you talking about today? Today, I'm going to be talking to you about Thomas Quick. Ooh. A.K.A. the serial killer who never existed. All right. I'm intrigued. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I shall bite. Um, so I'm going to be honest. I didn't check how to pronounce things. No, of course you didn't. <laughs> um, because mine is over in, like, Norway. <laughs> so this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm so excited. I am for so this journey. curious to see how this is going to go. Yes. Yeah, so I believe it's Isdal Woman. Makes or Isdal, Dol, Dal, I don't know. A's are hard. They can be whatever. It's true. I believe you You read this quote? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Take it away. Says, wow, okay. Um, it doesn't say wow, okay. <laughs> that is the quote. <laughs> we actually just quoted Tiffany tonight. Yeah, wow, okay. <laughs> oh, we're having a, a food delivery. Wow, this is amazing. Wow. Is that a Baja <laughs> Blast for me? Wow. Okay. <laughs> Great. Well, this is the episode where we eat. Okay. It's like, I just sang one of everything. Oh, man. Try one of everything on a Taco Bell menu. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much. Okay, so the quote. Yes, back to the quote. <laughs> thank you. you love have- you. Thanks. The quote is, no matter how worthless a man may be, kill him and see how much he costs you. And that is a Chinese proverb. I don't know. It felt really fitting when I read it. It's fair. Well, we are drinking a tequila sunrise. Again, I don't know where I was going with this. I think I'm just... Just doing it. Just out here doing the damn it's thing. number 19. Like I mean. the employees at Taco Bell. <laughs> just out here doing the damn thing. I'm sure, I need to write down the reason. <laughs> Next to the drinks. I was going to say, from now on, you just have to do a little asterisk. <laughs> this is what I was thinking at this time. Um, So, inside of it is tequila. Should be orange juice. Ours is not. <laughs> um, Grenadine. With an orange slice and a cherry. We have Sunny D in ours because my household is strictly a Sunny D household. Unless there is champagne involved. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to try it. We'll see what a Sunny D tequila sunrise tastes like. I'm sure I'll like it. I feel like we've had this before. Uh, I believe you and Ian have had it um, at the old old house. Like, at the old house. Yeah, because we didn't have orange juice, but we had Sunny D. Right, like, we're like, what can we make with tequila? If you are around a house that I live in, you will have some kind of orange-based juice. Delicious. Oh, thank you. My compliments to the chef. Thank you so much. How would you rate this? Um, okay. So, I would rate this as, like, the guy on that show that your boyfriend is watching. My boyfriend? He doesn't have a name anymore. Well, you know. (laughs) What is it called? Bar Rescue. Bar Rescue. Okay, the guy that comes in and yells at everybody. Okay. And I'm basing this also on previous experience. Okay. My experience with tequila sunrises. (laughs) So it's really good. It's really nice and it's really sweet, but like it will bite you in the ass. Oh, it will kick your butt if it sneaks up on you and then it's like a boom yelling in your face. 
But then it's really nice because, like, I feel like with these, sometimes you hit, like, it's like, oh, this is sweet. I'm not even drunk at all. And then it's like, holy shit, I'm drunk. And you get really, like, fuck for a minute, depending on the setting you're in. when you're in the bathroom going pee. Right. And then you're like, (laughs) it's okay. I'm drunk. I'm going to just have more. Okay. So. I see. Well, we have plenty of Taco Bell. I'm so excited. Soak it all up. Well, my um, fun fact is a very quick one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is. The Tequila Sunrise has a um, movie, numerous restaurants, a hit song, a quilt pattern, and several flowers named after it. All right. Yeah. The origin of the Tequila Sunrise is unknown, but it was listed in bar guides of the 1960s. So they're not sure who made it or what bar it came from originally, but it was a it was there in the yeah. 60s. That's pretty much it. Fair enough. Well, I probably should try it too. You should. So, you know. 10 to 1, where are we? With 1 being the best and 10 being the worst, I would rank this as like 3, 2 or 3. It's solid. Like, it's a solid drink. Fucking hate tequila. I know, but it's delicious. It's never going to go away. As I said before, today I'm going to be talking about Thomas Quick, a.k.a. the serial killer who doesn't exist. So, Sturrup Bergwall, he was born on April 26, 1950, in Falun, Sweden. In his autobiography, which I cannot pronounce, even though I looked up pronunciation guides online, like I looked, I did look up pronunciation because I'm you could just say it crazy. <laughs> I don't want to do that. There's got to be another way. <laughs> there probably is. I'm sure there is. So he wrote an autobiography, and in it, he describes his childhood as a rough one, having allegedly been molested by his father and horribly physically abused by his mother. According to him, in his early childhood years, there was consistent sexual abuse by his father until he began going through puberty. At that point, his father literally said he was, like, disgusted with him and stopped abusing him. Around the time that his father reportedly stopped sexually abusing him, though, Stura began to exhibit similar behaviors towards other boys his age. At 12 years old, in the showers after gym class, Stura would initiate what he called the strangulation game, where he would choke other boys until they almost passed out. Okay. In the showers at school. Okay. He would also initiate sexual touching of other boys during shower time. Unfortunately, at this time, none of his behavior was flagged. Allegedly, none of the other boys realized that what was happening to them was sexual assault. And in retrospect, it's rationalized by saying that it's an age where, you know, bodies are changing and developing and young boys may explore their changing bodies together. I feel like that's not... It's not a healthy outlook, I don't think. I don't think that happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, I have a lot of questions about that, but that's what they say now. They're like, (laughs) oh, how do we know this wasn't consensual between the 12-year-old boys? It's fine. Yeah. So, two years after this, when he was 14, Stura came to the realization that he was gay. This was in 1964, which wasn't a great time to come out as a gay teenager. You see, in spite of all of the mountains of abuse that his family heaped on him... They had a public image of being deeply religious and absolutely were not accepting of anything that society or religion would deem to be deviant. So because of this, he felt he had to keep his sexuality a secret to try and avoid any additional abuse or getting, you know, kicked out of his house. Mm -hmm. So he just stayed closeted, tried to keep everything about him a secret. Because of that, anytime he had an opportunity to explore his sexuality, he would, in whatever way he could. So because of that, he'd meet a variety of other people, both boys his age and men who are much older, who would offer him rides to go meet up with other younger boys. He also began, at this time, experimenting with drugs. Speed became his drug of choice. So, you know... Great things happening. So one such boy that he aimed to experiment with 
was Thomas Baumgren. Thomas was from another town, and the only way that Stura was able to meet up with him was because of another older man driving him around to facilitate the meetup. Basically, it sounds like from the reports that I read, he would like this guy would like drive him to other places to meet up with other teenage boys. And then when Stura came back, he would like tell him all about the things that happened, all the things that they'd done. Okay. It was not a great situation. Understood. Yeah. And unfortunately for Thomas, he was the first of the victims of someone who'd come to be known as Thomas Quick. So Stura did have a sexual encounter of some sort with Thomas Baumgren and afterwards strangled him to death. Stura then jumped back into the car of the older man who'd driven him and on the way back to their town, he told the whole story of what had happened, the sexual encounter and the strangulation on the premise that the guy would, you know, pinky promise never tell, like to tell on him. Which, apparently, this guy did. He totally kept the secret. Okay. Because it would be years before the real story of what happened to Thomas Baumgren came out. Things kept happening throughout his teenage years. Which is honestly probably, like, not my favorite way of describing it. Because things didn't just happen. He did things and they were terrible. Mm-hmm. In 1990, Sir was arrested for armed robbery. And I realize this is a huge change in pace, but it makes sense to jump to this part. Just trust me on it. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So this armed robbery featured him and a 16-year-old boy holding a bank manager's family hostage while robbing the bank. He thought he got away, but surveillance footage of the bank was able to confirm his involvement with the crime, which led to his eventual arrest and conviction. Now, it was while he was serving the sentence for armed robbery that Stura Bergwald decided to share secrets that he'd been dragging around for years, starting with the murder of Thomas Baumgren. It was at this time that he decided to change his name and instead go by the name Thomas Quick. The name Thomas, for his victim, and the last name Quick for his mother's maiden name to basically sever any ties with his father. Okay. He legally got his name changed to Thomas Quick. Okay. Bold. Yeah, feels a little dramatic, but okay. Over the next several years, Thomas Quick would reveal details of over 30 murders that he claimed to have committed over the past few years of his life. He would discuss details about times and places of numerous murders, which led to them transferring him from prison to Sadr Hospital for the Criminally Insane. His second victim was Oliver Larson, whom Thomas claimed to push into the lake, causing him to drown. He gave away tons of information, just seemingly out of the blue, like I said, on over 30 different crimes. Mm -hmm. They were eventually able to connect him to multiple murders, and he was tried and convicted on these. They were the murders of Charles Zamanovitz, Johan Opsland, um, a couple that they just name as the Sekis couple, Yen and Levi, Therese Johansson, Trina Jensen, Grey Storvik. Those are the people. Now, here's the big issue with all these cases. I didn't read the little asterisks that are by them. I'm going to save that for in a minute. I'm going to circle back to that little list. Okay. Because pretty much all of them had no physical evidence to tie Thomas Quick to them. Okay. At first, when he started confessing, investigators were super happy. They were like, yes, we're getting information on all of these cases that we've been trying for years and years to solve. We were at dead ends. Like, this is awesome. And they wanted more information, but in most cases, he couldn't supply any more specific details aside from what he initially said in his confessions. Yeah. Like, they'd be like, yeah, so you confessed to this, but, like, tell us how this happened, or tell us exactly what was going on that day, and he'd just be like, mm, stuff and things. Stuff okay. and things. And that was it. When he refused to give more details, people started to get skeptical about the information that he was sharing. Um, a big issue was that many of Thomas Quick's stories' timelines didn't match up. 
Uh-huh. Like, and timelines aside, he didn't have any specific details about his alleged victims. Right. Aside from what would be available to the public via newspapers. So, in that list, just to circle back, you've got no forensic evidence but a confession, no body, no forensics. Yeah. Um, no forensics, no forensics, no forensics, no forensics, no forensics. And in the last one of Dry Storvik, there was semen found in the body. Didn't match Thomas Quick. Mm. So, there's physical evidence that does not match him at these crime scenes. Yeah. But he was still tried and convicted for them. Okay. Yeah. So, in spite of all of that, he's still found guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. Which, I'm just saying, if I was there, I'd probably be like, hold on. <laughs> I, I have some doubt. <laughs> I have a little bit of doubt right here, please. <laughs> Obviously, if you have DNA present with a victim, it doesn't mean that it's impossible that the killer could have been somebody else or, like, there could have been two perpetrators Mm -hmm. or whatever. But the likelihood of that is low based on, like, the stories that he told in his confessions. You're right. So it's kind of like if he's confessing one way and then you have physical evidence that does not align with his story. Yeah. Maybe we have a reasonable doubt. Yeah. Also, what are the odds of every single confessed murder not matching? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, then also, in the case of Johan Opsland, he claimed to have all the facts, but he could never tell them where the body was. Oh. So, like, to this day, right. the victim's body is still not found. Okay. And he was like, mm, don't know where it was, I'm but I super did it. killing so many people. You know, you just lose track. So some investigators and family were happy to have answers, but other families were skeptical and felt that the lack of additional detail, and in some cases, like, striking inconsistencies, were unrealistic solutions to cases that had been puzzling law enforcement for years. Yeah. They're, like, they're just kind of looking for a place, like, a Band-Aid to slap on this situation, which made some people real, real mad. To other people, Thomas Quick became a movie-like villain. It was easy to dramatize. Mm. Uh, He became known in newspapers as the Swedish Hannibal Lecter, a vicious killer claiming to have killed 30 people. Okay. And they're like, well, he's been convicted for eight, so who's to say he he hasn't done these others? It's true. Yeah. And he continued to stand by his claims. (laughs) Like, he was like, yeah, I did all these things. But police... We're like looking at him more and more closely the Buddy, longer like, time went you. on. <laughs> exactly. But right as they really started to zero in on him, he stopped participating. Mm-hmm. In 2001, he stopped sharing information about all the cases he'd previously confessed to. He went from being chatty with the police and news reporters to completely shutting down. He stopped giving any information and withdrew from the public eye as far as he possibly could. Around that same time, he decided to stop using the name Thomas Quick and reverted back to his birth name, Stura Bergwall, which obviously led people with even more questions. Trouble is, he's just not interested in answering questions. He doesn't want to play anymore. And over the next seven years, he wasn't interested in speaking with anyone until Hannes Rastam took a special interest in his case. Mm-hmm. Hannes was a well-known documentary producer in Sweden and was curious about the details of a killer who got arrested for armed robbery, took a new name, and confessed to a butt-ton of murders, got convicted for some of those murders, and then zipped his lips to spend the rest of his time serving sentence in a prison for the criminally insane. Hannes looked closely at the details of his confessions. He spent weeks looking through all the records he could get his hands on. And at the end of it, came forward with information that he believed that Sir Burwell didn't actually kill anyone. He was able to set up a meeting with Sir with this information and was more than a little shocked to hear Sir concur with his hypothesis. Sir Burwell informed Hannes Rastam that he made everything up in his confessions and none of it was true at all. Hmm. Yeah. 
He explained that he used information he heard on the news and from police officers Mm -hmm. while he was in prison. And basically, he was kind of like, you know, I would be there. I could read newspaper articles. I would see stories that were happening. And while I was incarcerated, I would hear, like, officials talking about it. Like, prison guards be like, oh, they found this. Or, oh, they found that. Or, oh, did you hear this? Or whatever. And he used the little bits of information he got from those to help him further fabricate his stories to try and fill in details that wouldn't be released to the public. Right. Which is how, in some cases, he was able to say some things that weren't included in articles and made it more believable. He filled in details that were generic enough also, in some cases, that it seemed like he was giving lots of information when, in fact, he was making it up. Right. Yeah. Of course, when the news broke to the public, opinions were divided. Some people weren't trusting of Sir recounting his statements. That's fair. Yeah, they thought it was just him trying to fuck with the system and get out of the punishment he'd signed himself up for with his confessions. Other people were validated in their previous suppositions that he was full of shit and was only confession, like only confessioning, only confessing <laughs> to gain notoriety for himself. Uh-huh. Over the past few years, cases have been retried. And some convictions overturned due to lack of evidence. But what it doesn't change is the fact that Sir Bergwald remains in Seder and will remain there for an indeterminate amount of time at this point. Because he was sentenced to multiple life sentences. Yeah. He, he had a lot of well, time. Also, if you interfere mm-hmm. like, by lying, I mean, that's another thing. <laughs> exactly. And there's just like, it's like such a spaghetti spider web of like bullshit now that they're trying to figure out like, fuck do we even do with this guy right also if he went through all of the trouble to do that he's mad fucked up yeah do we want to release him no probs not no we do not yeah while some convictions are still hanging out in the universe people are unsure what to think but at this point he is often referred to by the people of sweden as the serial killer that never was i like it yeah it's a fun story that, that is fun. I mean, it's unfortunate. <laughs> also, his uh, his siblings are adamant, like, there was no abuse in their house. Oh, like, so they've just refuted everything. Yeah. Okay. They're, like, basically, one of his brothers wrote his own yeah. biography and was just, like, here's the real story of what happened growing up. Here's the story of what happened with my brother from my perspective. Like, it says a lot of different things from what's in his so interesting basically everybody's like who's the liar we don't know all sounds terrible right yeah well okay then so yeah that's what i got for you well that's fun that's what i'm here for unfortunate but fun are you ready to listen to this wonderful bedtime story i am the most excited okay (laughs) Uh, we are eating on this episode, so. I'm also curious to see what this is. Yeah, me too. Let us know what you rate that. <laughs> I asked for a spicy potato soft taco, and then Alex they gave got you there. Potato burrito. And somehow. they were like, "We don't have that here, but we can put potatoes in a burrito for you." Which was like, "Why couldn't you just put it in a fucking soft?" You guys shell? have all the ingredients, okay? <laughs> you have the ingredients. I could tell you how to make it. It's just potato and lettuce. And shredded cheese, and then the sauce that goes on a quesadilla. That's it. It's amazing. It's got cheese. It's got lettuce. It's got sour cream. It, it's just a supreme burrito. It. I was gonna say, I think it's just a burrito supreme with potatoes on it instead. <laughs> Which only proves my point. They have the ingredients <laughs> to make a spicy potato soft taco, but they were like, "Nah, thanks." Whatever. Okay. So. Let's just get through mine real fast. <clears throat> the um, Isdal woman is the placeholder name given to an unidentified woman who was found dead at, hold on, Istalin, also known as Ice Valley in, I'm going to go with Bergen, Norway, on November 29th, 1970. This is also not the vegetarian version of this because it also has ground <laughs> beef on it. I have so many questions. That's about her burrito. Not about my case. Not about my unidentified woman. (laughs) Okay. 
So if I butchered that, please correct me. Um, police ruled suicide as the likely cause of death, but the overall nature of this case has incurred speculation, which has contributed to the ongoing investigation throughout the years. Because this was, like, 1970. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. That was some years ago. It was, and it's, like, spoiler alert, still kind of ongoing. Um, so, it was the afternoon on November 29th that a man and his two young daughters discovered the charred body of a woman located among some scree, which, like, I typed that in not realizing I didn't realize what that was, but I'm imagining some kind of fucking plant life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I don't know. Um, the father and his children had been hiking the foothills of the north face of, bear with me, the Orkin, also nicknamed Death Valley, due to the area's history of suicides in the Middle Ages, as well as a recent string of hiking accidents. That's not optimal. It is not. Or, unless you're talking about the burrito. All of it? Really? I am not <laughs> finishing that? Like, I got to the end and now it's just, like, all sour cream and meat no. and potato? Yeah. And it's not good. Well, you still have your quesadilla. I have a quesadilla, so at least I got that going for me. You can you can get that prepared if you would like. Yes, I would. You go ahead. I'll just I'll just I'll just talk through it. It's okay. I didn't I didn't do enough research, anyways. No, hold on. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Except this plastic won't tear anymore. God damn it. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. While on their hike, one of the daughters noted an unusual burning smell, which led to the discovery of this woman. Which sounds real traumatic. I was going to say, that's trauma for life. But, you know what? Maybe not, though. Their dad's taking them hiking. I mean, it sounds, like, pretty great. I don't know. So she's making a face. <laughs> Finding a burned-up corpse <laughs> is trauma for life, I'm pretty sure, regardless of... All right, whatever. <laughs> ...how great the rest of your childhood was. So I'm going to go with Bergen, because I already said that once. <clears throat> Bergen police... Began their investigation immediately, of course, because, like, there's a burned body mm-hmm. in the woods. They examined the site and noted the, um, posi- I don't remember this, the position of her body as well as her clenched hands by her torso. It just seems kind of weird. Mm-hmm. As well as the absence of a nearby campfire. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That's weird. The front of her body and clothes had been burned severely, leaving her unrecognizable. Also, there were some items near the body that were affected by the fire. Surrounding the body were traces of burned paper, and beneath that was a fur hat that was later found to have traces of petrol, I think is what that Mm -hmm. is. Thank you. Um, Also, which, like, really indicates that maybe this was a murder. Mm -hmm. The labels and marks on all of the items had been either removed or rubbed off. Which, like, why would you do that? I certainly wouldn't take the time to do that before I killed myself. No, I would not either. Days later, investigators found two suitcases belonging to this woman um, at the Bergen Railway Station. Inside were clothes, money, wigs, and makeup. Um, similar to the body, all identifying information had been removed. So, like, no ID. There was, like, nothing, really. Not a thing. Um, an autopsy found that the woman died from a combination of a lot of things. Okay. (laughs) So, obviously poisoning by carbon monoxide. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then also incapacitation of... Hold on. Fenro... Hold on. Phenobabitual. Sleeping pills. Mm -hmm. Basically. (laughs) She took a shit ton of sleeping pills. Um, Suit was discovered in her lungs, indicating that she was burned alive while her neck was found bruised. Mm -hmm. Likely due to a possible fall or blow. Mm -hmm. Just some fun facts to Mm -hmm. throw in there, you know. Um... So her stomach contents revealed that she had consumed between 50 and 70 sleeping pills. Shit, dude. I don't I mean, how many can you get in a prescription? <laughs> or are we talking like melatonin? I, don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, well, also like in the 70s maybe Oh, that's true. Things true. weren't quite as it's a different time. Yeah. Different time. Um 
Also, 12 more sleeping pills were found next to the body. Um, her teeth and jaw have been removed as well um, due to her unique gold filling dental work because this was not a common um, procedure. So they removed her jaw in hopes that maybe dentists from other areas might be able to identify their work. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They still have her jaw somewhere. It's a very weird story. They lost it for a moment and then found it a few years after that, like down in the cellar. I don't know. I, I feel like, like they weren't that. storing their their stuff really great. So, of course, the police appealed to the public for more information, like, as always. My watch is going off. Not for As per the usual. Um, the last time she'd been seen alive was on November 23rd after she checked out of the hotel. Staff told police that she was a good-looking woman and roughly 5'4". Okay. I don't know why that was important, but it was. Okay, but they don't have, like, a name? Mm, oh, we'll get into that. Um, so she had brown hair and small brown eyes. According to the staff, um, the woman kept to herself and paid in cash. And when she uh, checked out, she requested a taxi. Um, even with the masking the public, her movements between leaving the hotel into the taxi and the discovery of her body are just unknown, like, to this day, basically. Shit. Yeah. So, um, eventually, um, police noted that in the suitcases there was, like, lining that had, it was, like, almost like a hidden compartment Ooh. of extra I like that. Things. Yeah. Um, one of which was a notepad with odd entries inside that were, like, P-O and then, like, some numbers or whatever. Uh-huh. Um... They did decode them. So, it was determined the entries were actually dates and places the woman had visited. So, P would be like Paris and then the day she was in Paris. Uh Or dates, whatever. Um, Based on that discovery, police determined that this woman traveled around Norway and Europe with at least eight fake passports and aliases. Damn. Yes. At least eight. Okay, so she's a spy. Oh, we'll get there, too. Oh, great. <laughs> so excited. You know. So, um, while each birthday and occupation was different, the nationality was always Belgian. So, that kind of gave them an idea of, like, maybe who she was. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, also, uh, the forms were filled out in either German or French, which we will kind of get into that. And a little bit later, we'll circle back to that. Yeah. Um. So, police found the woman to have stayed in various hotels under these names, such as Genevieve, Claudia, Alexia, Vera, Vanella, and Elizabeth. With an S. Lovely. Yes. Uh, So. And, like, some of them had, um, also one was, like, just Miss something. (laughs) It didn't even have, like, a first name. All right. Yeah. My first name is Miss. Thank you. You're right. Yeah. Um, Some of them had, like, like, she reused them a couple times. They had different, like last names or yeah yeah, stuff like that um so after police did some more investigation they found out that when she checked into a hotel right after checking in she would change rooms so she would check in into a room she's a spy and then change rooms okay (laughs) she she told staff members that she was a traveling saleswoman and uh antiques dealer Uh uh-huh which, like, I buy it. Uh-huh. A witness had overheard the woman speaking German at the Bergen Hotel, while others have stated to overhear her speaking, what did I write? Flemish? Okay. I don't know what that is. And some broken English. Okay. What the fuck is Flemish? It's just a different language. You're from where, though? Oh. What country? <laughs> I am fucking uneducated. Same. I'm educated, but it's fine. I'm educated in a different way. <laughs> Belgium. Okay, that makes sense then. Why the is it not? Up. Why is it Flemish? Well, what else are they going to call it? Belgian? <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyways. So, even all the information they gathered, um, she has never been identified, like I said. The case was closed, which did upset a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But as you've hinted, there's a theory yes. that I want to dive into. That a lot of people want to dive into. Yes. Multiple investigations have pointed to similar findings that this unidentified woman 
was a spy. Yes. Especially, and I don't know how well you are of uh, history, considering mm-hmm. the Cold War context of this uh-huh. time. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, I guess Norway has experienced other strange disappearances in the 1960s. Okay. Not just this one. Um, and they were all close to military, like, installations, tracing back to being a spy. Uh-huh. International, what is it, uh, espionage. International super spy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that. Um, and they, um, according to declassified records of the Norwegian armed forces, it revealed that many of her movements were, um, where is it? Correspond to top secret trials of the, what is this, penguin missile? Okay. <laughs> I feel like I am, All right. I am blundering so many topics right now. <laughs> Just, uh, pronunciation, we got, we got history, it's good. Um, also, a fisherman reported to having recognized the unknown woman while observing military movements. Okay. So there's a witness, I guess. Um, and then obviously the nine fake passports. I feel like that's kind of a big one. The paying in cash, the checking in and moving <laughs> hotel rooms. It's not the, it's not the correspondence with. Also the coded messages. Right. The secret compartment in your suitcase. I feel like this is all pointing very clearly to, to a, a spy. S- to a spy. Yeah. Um, well, in 1991, so after the case has been closed and. All of this it hasn't really died down, but they're not working on it anymore. The taxi driver who drove this woman comes forward. Yeah. And he, uh, he, she, I don't know. They want to be anonymous. Okay. Um, but they explain that after picking up the unknown woman at the hotel, they were then joined by another man before going to the station. Uh-huh. Just like a spy would do. Exactly. Like, I can't stay in the same hotel as you because what if one of us gets compromised? True. The other one has to stay somewhere else, and then we'll rendezvous later. Tiffany's seen a lot of spy movies. I have. <laughs> In 2005, a, um, a, I don't know, Virgin, Bergen, whatever I said, resident, who was 26 in 1970, mm-hmm. uh, explained to a local newspaper that after seeing the sketch that circulated around the news, um, he had suspected the dead woman was the same one he had seen Five days before the body was found while um, hiking on the hillside of, uh, what is that, Flowen? Okay. So, he thinks he's seen her on the fucking hillside. Okay. On the mountain where she was dead. Wherever or nearby. Say, bro. Yeah. In 2016, the case was officially reopened with six alternative sketches of what she might look like. Okay. To try to help people. Mm-hmm. By 2017, an analysis of the woman's teeth, which, mm-hmm. like, we're going to come back to, like, where it was written in German and French. Yeah. So, apparently, and I did not realize this, you can actually um, put your mm, teeth through, like, in a certain kind of analysis to tell you, like, where you grew up based on the elements that, like, you mm-hmm. consumed in your childhood yeah. while they were forming. Which, like, just blows my mind. Science, man. But Okay. So, they actually indicated um, that she had been born about 1930 in or uh, near Germany before moving to France or the France-Germany border as a child. So, that's how... Okay. That's why, like, the language thing was kind of important. So, it kind of solidifies what they were saying earlier. Yeah. And then, like I was saying, so, it's done by examining the chemical signature left by the elements that made up your Mm -hmm. teeth while they're forming. So, the test revealed the type of water the woman drank as she grew up and which areas the water came from, as well as the types of food the woman ate and the type of soil in the area where she grew up. So, it can really pinpoint, like, where she's from. A very specific region. Yeah. BBC published a podcast series titled Death in the Ice Valley, which includes interviews with eyewitnesses and forensic scientists. All about this. Uh, I think it's, like, ten episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, in June of 2019, BBC revealed that listeners of the podcast had actually given some more clues oh, and information to help continue this case, basically. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's actually, um, which I didn't get a chance to, like, follow up on. So, one article I was reading is that a, um, geneticist, what is it, geneticist? Yep. Um, with a certain, it's, I think it's the DNA, um, 
Doe Project. Yeah. Um, I guess that they're trying to identify the woman through genetic, hold on, genetic, um, isotope, like. Isotopes. Yeah, yeah. like, through autopsy tissues. Okay, so trying to, like, genome map her. Pretty much. Based on older tissue samples. Yes, which, like, is, feels like a lot to me because. It's going to be very hard to get yeah. any reliable information, I feel like. It, with I, my very, very limited knowledge, that's, that's pretty much all comes from Dr. Bailey. What I was thinking. <laughs> um, but I do know that they did put her body in a certain kind of casket that doesn't uh, decompose. Well, that's good. So that should help preserve the body. That's helpful. I didn't realize there were those things either. I mean, I'm sure there's just about anything if you have enough money for it. It's true. Well, this was an unidentified woman, so. Well, I'm just saying. That's why they had to put all the resources they could to getting her identified one day. That's true. Um, so scientists now have an extended DNA profile to the woman, revealing that she is of European um, descent, uh, which makes the theory of her being an Israel spy less likely. Yeah, no, I feel like that's not a thing, but, you know, I've been wrong before, so whatever. <laughs> but the science also agrees with me. European police um, forces will check DNA... Um, databases in hopes of locating a match with everything they have um even with all of that though the isdell woman case has been unresolved for the last 46 years if uh that math is correct i got that from an article okay um and but uh, like we covered modern sciences are clearly like yeah closing the gap here of right the unknown trying to add all the information they possibly can yes but it is a Favored Nordic mystery. I like it. That people do enjoy. I mean, it's horribly unfortunate. <laughs> well, it is. I do hope that they are successful in their DNA extraction adventure. Right. So right. that they can get the information that they need. Maybe find some familial DNA matches up in there. Get some info. Boom. Well, that's so. what you're saying. Um, if there is someone that has familiar yeah. DNA in one of these you know any of the various websites right the databases that are available it should pop up it should it's You're just right. they gotta they just gotta comb through it right they just gotta <laughs> do some legwork real it's not fast. as easy as like csi would have you believe no they don't just put it in a computer and then it's like let me <sighs> scan through a bunch Five of days profiles later. <laughs> and then they're like guys it's been three hours but we have a match like no no i wish oh. it was like that i do too i think probably People who work in uh, crime labs wish it worked like that as well. The real life people. <laughs> right. Because I feel like that would probably save them a lot of man hours. Probably. Um, so that is the um, Istal woman. Very interesting case. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So do we want to move on to weekly verdicts? Uh, yes, please. All right. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? You can go. All right. You're a guest. Not on the podcast, but in my home. <laughs> yes. So my weekly verdict is really like the most type A thing that I might have said on this podcast. I don't know. You did say that you did enjoy those, the the bins that you can organize things in. It's true. This is along that same vein. Okay. <laughs> I got a new planner. Ooh. And it's making me really happy. Is it the one that you found online? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just haven't talked about it on the podcast yet. Okay. No, I just wasn't sure. So. If you, if you decided on that one. Yep. It was on clearance. It's normally a $35 planner. I got it for eight bucks. Steal. Great deal. And I've written in it so much already. And it helped me not miss an appointment already. Because that's been a problem. And that's why I was like, I need a new planner. And I had a planner. But it, like, ended in August, and so I was like, oh, well, it's ending, and I just kind of stopped writing in it, mm-hmm. and then I missed some things and double-booked myself and had to change some things around, and I was like, no, I, I gotta have a second brain, please. I'm also really terrible about putting things in my phone, mm-hmm. like, at the time, and so having, like, a physical planner there makes me be a little more cognizant of, like, oh, yes, I need to write this down. So I'm really excited about it. It's also helping my anxiety levels because I can see everything laid out, all my bills written down in it, my schedule for the next, like, two months is in it. That's nice. Including, like, my escape room hours and all that good stuff, as well as, like, targets for each week. Like, 
with Ooh. little check boxes. I'm like, all right. I like need your to- goals almost? Exactly. I'm like, by this date, this shit needs to be done. And if I can cross it off earlier, awesome. But by that date, if it hasn't been done, then I just have to stay up. Yeah. Until the middle of the night. Okay. Until it gets done. That's fair. So, yeah, you know, gotta work, bitch. I like it. Yeah. It's very nice. I'm, I'm quite happy. Good, I'm glad. My week has been so long. I'm trying to think of the days yeah. as, like, separate entities, and I cannot. Um, so my weekly verdict, after a very long pause of me trying to think through my life, um, is that going to Jacksonville, because mm-hmm. the whole point was to um, make, like, professional connections, because all of the people I went to uh, residency with are hopefully going to be people practicing yeah. at a later time. Um, and people have, like, different takes on different things and yeah. want to be published in different areas. Mm-hmm. So it's really fun to, like, go make those, like, connections. Yeah. Like, not necessarily on a professional basis mm-hmm. and, like, as, like, a friendly one, but to know that, like, later when we're all practicing and stuff, we can, like, reach out to those connections right. we've made. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's really hard anytime you get started in anything – it's really hard unless you have, like, a really strong mentor or something. Right, yeah. To, like, fuck, what do I do? hmm So it's it's really awesome. It's a great idea. I will say um, there is a classmate of mine that is planning on combining psychology and astrology. Oh, boy. Yes. Uh, when I shared something about um, myself, mm-hmm. he – he afterwards said, I hope this doesn't offend and you have to answer if you don't want to. And I was like, oh, God, what is it? And he's like, what's your Zodiac sign? And I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, you're like, this is my guy. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, and in a room full of people who believe in science, there was a lot of there was a lot of hot takes on Zodiacs. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it's pretty cool because that's a different kind of like, is it a coincidence that Right. That well, sign acts alike. <laughs> it's funny. I, I was know. talking about it with my mom the other day, and she was like, listen, Tiffany, you might think this is like some mumbo jumbo, <laughs> but your body, she's like, is ruled by the moon. Well, that makes sense. And I was like, well, yeah, there's a period. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're a goddess. We're in sync. And she was like, and she went through it, and she was like, and you might think it's bullshit. She was like, but honestly, the more research I do into it, the less it feels like bullshit, because, like, it does match up to some things. Yeah. So. It's very interesting. I don't know if there's any, like, actual science right. in the psychology and zodiac sign or astrology, but I'm, there's got to be something. Well, I'm kind of like, I feel like this is a what came first, the chicken or the egg situation. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, at the beginning... What happened? Did they say this is what you are based on your right. period of time that you were born? Or did they study people mm-hmm. and then say It makes this me think of you got. nature versus nurture. Yeah. That's, that's all I keep thinking of. Yeah. It's it's purely a because if you're saying like and I am certainly not one who believes in like horoscopes that they write I don't think he's gonna do horoscopes I think it's just looking at you as a person and like your yeah no for sure full in-depth like chart yeah I guess but like at a certain point you could just say it's like saying like middle child syndrome Mm -hmm. or you're the oldest so that's why you are this way and a lot of people are way more accepting of that right but if you're like oh well Typical Capricorn. People are like, okay, well, you're full of shit. It's my favorite thing to do. Well, not that, but. So, you're like, well, I'm a Scorpio, so that's your basically your character tagline. Yes. It's <laughs> my personality trait. <laughs> so, first responders unit? Yes, please. All right. So, as always, you can find us on Instagram at Luminal Cocktail Pod. You can find us on Facebook, Luminol Cocktail Podcast. And you can find us on our website, which is luminolcocktail.com. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Can't wait for you guys to tune in next week to the final episode of Season 3. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back next week to serve you guys another round of Luminol Cocktail.